Patrick Pooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. We are almost the first way through our multi-buy round, the first of a few. We'll talk about that soon. Round 10 is just about done. Who knows, perhaps as you're listening to this, it is kaput. Round 11 is on the doorstep, and there is a lot to talk about to do it. As he has over the past couple of weeks, I've got Kane on board. Hello, buddy. How are you? Good. Thank you, MJ. Yes, absolutely just a crazy time in fantasy, isn't it? I can't think of a time where we've had to be on our toes as much as now. It pretty much means that from the moment that lockout lifts at the end of Friday evening, you've got around about 18 hours before your trades and the partial lockouts of all formats. They're all doing it differently, but they're all got a partial lockout where it opens up. So even as the Essendon and GWS game opens up, the one positive we will have is we will know the teams for Port Adelaide, Richmond, Brisbane, and Bulldogs because they are playing on the Saturday. Of course, thank goodness for Ken Hinckley, though, Kane. He tells us this is what we're doing well ahead of when teams get announced. Yeah, and the great thing is for this week is that obviously there's some premium players, you know, the Dan Houstons, you know, the Travis Bokes, and obviously it would be a massive shock if one of them was out. But I think the one that a lot of coaches brought in last week and didn't have any expectation that he'd play again. He was just a basement price was Boyd Woodcock. So to hear that he's going to get another game. Yeah. And the good thing about him is, let alone the basement price, is that with this condensed fixture, he's not the type of guy that needs a rest. You know what I mean? It's going to be the players, the more senior players. And looking at Port Adelaide, it's actually incredible, MJ, what they've done in the past few weeks. Sam Pau Pepper, 41% time on ground. Yeah. And they still won against the Doggies. Ollie Wines, 51%. Travis Boak down in the low 70s over the last two weeks. They've managed their engine room so well while, while still winning games, which is phenomenal. And, and surprise, surprise, the guy who's come back into the side and seen his time on ground go through the roof, no one other than Tom Rockliffe. And we know what he can do when he's on the field playing 65% time on ground. He was up into the high 80s last week, MJ. So yeah. not surprising that he... You know, had a massive game. He was phenomenal tackling absolutely everything, which is just old school Rocky. But these are the type of moves that are going to work for a lot of players, but also against, and you flagged it a few weeks ago when we chatted, that it's probably not going to be the game rest we're going to see for the good players. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's going to be the in-game rest, whether it's time on ground management yep. or just a change of role. And we've seen that across this past week and a bit. You use Boke as the illustration where he's spending a lot more time on the bench than normal. And then the in-game rest in terms of role readjustment, Patrick Dangerfield. I don't think he attended a centre-bounce attendance all game. And so someone like a Lockie Fogarty, they're getting that opportunities. And for Geelong's benefit, they got the win on the weekend too against a, a, an inexperienced North Melbourne side who are definitely one of the bottom six teams of the year. So they've, they've kind of done two things in that move, haven't they, Geelong? They've gone, we're going to rest our superstar cat. And if for whatever reason in the game it gets late we, and it's on the line, we'll throw danger back into the guts. While at the same time, we want to expose one of our young developing talents for the future to pick up some extra midfield time. So it's very clever how coaches are navigating this period of time. And as fantasy coaches, we need to readjust in different elements too. 
Yeah, the thing that got me thinking, MJ, is that the players that have had the bye, mm. the four teams that are coming off the bye this week, when I think of that and I think of Hawthorne, Carlton, West Coast and Fremantle, not only have they had a bye and they'll be available to play every game for the mm. rest of the season, but they've had a bye in this condensed fixture block. Yeah. So we've just got round, tw- round 13 revealed and it's back to a normal week. Yes. So the likelihood that a Tom Mitchell will have to do what a Travis Boak's done to get through is far less likely, in my opinion. You know, yeah. those guys off a bye, they've had that rest. They've had that management. And now I'd have the expectation that these guys are going to be able to play out the rest of the season, you know, in their full role. You yeah. know, it's the teams that don't have a bye in this period, and we know that the Giants and the Swans have around 11 bye, mm. that have to really be cautious of the management. Like, we're talking about teams playing MJ four games in under 16 days. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's not surprising that Dangerfield did spend so much time forward, or Travis Boak was off the ground for quite a bit, because mm. they're the ones that are having to manage all of this. And obviously, like you said, they still want to win, and they, they did throw Dangerfield into the middle very late in that game just to make sure they sealed it away. Mm. So when I think about you know trade targets, which is you know the time of the year where we're really right into that, we already knew that you know clearly having the buy already done is a massive advantage just by availability. Yeah. But I think now as well, their scoring potential is is up there as high as anyone just because we're not as concerned that they're going to get rested in game, and it's just going to be a massive problem if we pick those players that don't have that buy um, known as yet. No, it's true. If you haven't caught up with the news, round 13 did get announced Thursday afternoon. It is the Gold Coast Suns taking on the Blues. The Bulldogs versus the Demons. Port Adelaide at home against the Hawks. The Bombers and the Tigers. Dream time in the Northern Territory. The Dockers and the Swans. Adelaide at home to the Cats. Brisbane taking on the Saints. West Coast Eagles at home to the Giants. And then wrapping up the round on Monday with the Magpies and the Kangaroos. If you're an AFL fantasy coach, with that round kicking off on the Friday, that means you will not have the rolling lockout and you will not have what you've become accustomed to this year, a vice-captaincy loophole. For Dream Team and Supercoach, everything continues on. Round 12, round 13, full rounds best 22 on the field and we want to talk about some upgrade targets in a moment Kane but it does mean we now have 10 teams over just a handful of rounds left to go that probably means we're looking at another bunch of either four teams having rests and a two or a lot more smaller two chunk of teams from round 14 beyond knowing we are going to have to have 18 rounds this year yeah, that's the thing. That's the first thing now that coaches have to factor in is that there is an extra round of Supercoach Dream Team AFL Fantasy to actually deal with because mm. these buys have been implemented. Uh, the initial talk when AFL announced the buys would be coming in was that they did want to keep the last two rounds of the season buy-free. Again, yeah. I have no doubt that if they feel the need to change that for whatever reason, whether it's getting into certain states, they will do that. But I think it is fair to say that they want to have it as normal as possible the last two rounds of the season. Yeah. So when we're thinking about that, MJ, that leads to me that rounds 14, 15, and 16 four, are four, when two. those... Yeah, will be two two rounds of four teams on a bike and then one other round of two. So when we think about that, that's a lot of teams and that's very, very late in the season. Even if, if, that, if your player has a bike in round 16... Oh, man. That's the finals. You're, you're, yeah. It's in finals. Like 
that's where if they're a really premium player and you know we look at some of the guys that haven't had a buy yet Lockie Neal mm. McRae like there's some absolute top liners that haven't had the whole of Geelong yeah so you're going to get to the point where it gets really hard now to want to trade these guys in because so you annoying. know you know that they're going to have a buy and later in the season and especially if you're a league player you don't want to have to be worrying about not having a premium player in a final, you know, you're going to get to the point where you're going to have to start looking at sideways moves. Yeah. You know, because if you're talking about three games to go, MJ, and someone's going to play a maximum of two because they've got a round 16 You move them on. You're going to have to move them on. So I feel like with it going later and later, that just takes that, you know, desire to trade those guys in unless they're really screaming value. And obviously the thing we'd love to know is, who are they paired with? Because we can't even assess our own team and see, oh, wow, you know, round 14 might have, you know, it might have St. Kilda, Geelong, Bulldogs, and Collingwood. Oh, my gosh. For for a lot of midfield. I'm done. That could be, whereas conversely, MJ, it might be a round where they say, hey, it's it's just Gold Coast and Brisbane. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden you think, well, I can easily cover a Lockie Neal that week or I could easily cover a Hugh Greenwood. So, this is what gets really, really tricky. And this is why I think we really have to start giving that extra consideration to guys off their bite. We spoke about it with Melbourne and Essendon a couple of weeks ago. And we yeah. said that you've still got, they've still got to be elite players. Yes. And, and I think now that we have six teams and after this week, we'll have eight teams that have cleared their bite. Yep. I think there's enough elite players in those pools across all lines to tip it in your favor to be picking them over the guys that, you know, have a mystery buy coming up that we don't know for. I think now's the point where we've got eight rounds to go, MJ, once round 10 finishes. So really, if half of those are going to be buys, again, you just don't want to be trading into more issues, you know, down the line, even if we do think we will get more trades. Absolutely. Look, if you play AFL Fantasy, it's less of an issue in that format, they've already said. Uh, For these buy rounds and anything future to come, they're going to award the seasonal average on the proviso that they play the round before their multi-buy. So if you're heading into that multi-buy round, much like you had this last round and the one upcoming, it's not going to affect you the way it does a dream team or a super coach player, unless it's like the Michael Walters scenario where isn't named the week before their buy, therefore their average score doesn't count. So, So that's certainly something for us to factor in. But in dream team and and super coach where it is the round 18 even this week we're seeing some coaches in dream team go 13 14 1500 and others going 1600 plus so in these best 18s of dream team and super coach whereas super coach it's anywhere from 1900s you know 2000s right up to 2200s we're going to see some drastic scoring variance in these multi buy rounds with the best 18 Oh, MJ, it's a, it's, if you want to move up in the rankings, you love these multi-buy rounds. Yeah. The hard thing is, and what usually happens is, obviously certain teams are better prepared for these ones. You know yeah. what I mean? For instance, there'll be teams this week that are on the rough end. And what I mean by that is they're a Tom Mitchell owner. They're wing a James Sicily owner. Yeah. They're a wing guard. They're Lockerty, a Brayshaw. They're a Cripps. They're oh. a Luke Ryan. Yeah. So they're, they're fielding a lot more rookie players and they'll have a bad would. score because of it in this and week. Probably, and they'll probably dip this week. Conversely, you know, they might not be a Lloyd owner, a Haynes owner, a Kelly owner, a Parker owner, Camellio next week. And obviously that's going to swing. And 
And we, as balance. we keep saying, we don't know what it's going to be in the future. But what really separates teams this round is how did the premium players you have go? Did you have Clayton Oliver yeah. with his 130 in DT, 200 plus? <laughs> because what we're seeing is, and a lot of coaches were disappointed, Tom, Tom Stewart was a massive trade-in this week. He was okay in the dream team format. You know, mid-60s is okay for a defender. Yep. But unlike Tom Stewart, he used the ball horrifically by his standards. He mm. was some 30% disposal efficiency down on, on his normal. average. And as a result, he was a mid-60s scorer. MJ, there's some teams this week, and I think a lot are in this boat because a lot of people are fielding upwards of 21 players. Yeah. His score might not even be in their best 18, or yeah. if it is, it's only a few points better than the score they're dropping anyway. Yeah, true. Whereas another, another person doesn't have a Tom Stewart. They might have a Jake Lloyd. They picked up 60 points alone. In one move. On, the, on that premium player. So I think you can't be you know distraught by having that. Obviously, in the long run, you, you brought Tom Stewart, who was at good value. Yeah, and still is. In the course of the season, he'll, he'll net some good scores. But it creates this massive volatility, and we already see it you know, sort of every week anyway with, a, you know, one big premium has a good week, but more so in these best 18 rounds. Yeah. If you've, if you've got people that were already down on premium and the one they've got doesn't perform disappointing week yeah. and the person they're playing, you know, they might, they might already have 18 premiums and have barely any on a buy. Mm. You can get these wild, these absolutely wild swings in scoring. And I think that's what for a lot of coaches gets them quite excited because they can get that massive boost in the ranks you know, how well their team is prepared for the other ones that will come. And that's what we used to always say in the past, MJ, when it was a three-week block. Mm. You know, don't look at your ranking really after the first buy. Uh, but what did you do from the start of the buy to, to the, the end. end? You know, how much did you move? Because that's, that's where the real strategy comes in. It's not just negotiating one, but it's actually negotiating, you know, the collective of them all. And I think now, as I keep saying, with the talent we've got coming off the buys, yeah, and that's from both a top-end level yes. and also a value level, I think there's a lot of coaches that are going to be wanting to be splashing a lot of cash when round 11 opens up. Well, let's look at then some of those players because it's a, it's a it's a lucky break for those that are premium down in terms of not that many premiums were missing for them because it was only a few weeks ago that we found out who was going to be on this chunk and the the advantage for those that are heavier on players with a buy round later. Look, maybe they get disadvantaged later with the the pairings, maybe not. Um, but it's just a part of the luck of, you know, coronavirus-style football. But let's look at some of those teams and those players that are coming in and off the bye. There'll be an article up soon at coachespanel.tv with some of my thoughts on who are some players that are ripe for the picking for you. But if we were to look in the back line uh, across the formats, is there any players that you go, their value now's the time to pick them up? Or is it only the top-end guys we should be looking for? Well, I think there'll be a lot of people that will be interested in James Sicily, MJ, especially in the Supercoach format if they don't have him. The hard thing for me with Sicily is at that price tag. Yeah. And I know that a lot of coaches in best 18, you know, Sicily might be their prototype guy because his ceiling's as good as anyone in defense. Sure. And he is prone to a stinker every now and then. And maybe you think that you get lucky and that stinker comes in a best 18 round and you don't get hurt where, while you would in a, you know, a normal mm. 22 on field season. I would just struggle to pay that much for a guy who has shown in the past, you know, volatility in his role. Mm. Clearly, opposition teams, I think, have to start putting some work Agreed. into James Sicily as they did in the past. So I'd be really apprehensive paying 
upwards of 600k in Supercoach, which is definitely his preferred format with his elite kicking and intercept marking. Definitely. Especially when you're talking, MJ, he's 50k more than Tom Mitchell. Yeah. Like we're talking about a guy that has been the player in that format, especially on the midfield line. So I probably wouldn't be able to go to Sicily in defence. Yep. Hearn's obviously one with the history that he has in that format. He's a great super coach scorer. Again, even back home, he's had a couple good scores. Yeah. But I'd be I'd be very apprehensive to to think that there's enough upside there. The one I'd be looking at would actually be waiting another week and getting Zach Williams yeah. off a bye. He's the type of guy to me that I feel like we've seen what he can do in Supercoach. He's already had an indifferent start of the year and clearly the body mm. is always an issue, but I think a week off next week would do Helps. him some good. Luke Ryan's probably one that I think for his price, you're probably getting about what you're paying for. Yeah, At a slow start, the Fremantle defense has gelled really nicely. He's almost got a monopoly on the kickouts. And again, from a super coach point of view, he's actually a good defender. He mm. actually spoils and does a lot of things that you know aren't rewarded in the dream team um, style of game. Again, if you're not a Sam Doherty owner, yeah, you'd have to be really, really interested, MJ, wouldn't you? Just knowing what his background is. Yeah. I know there's some coaches that moved him on this week, sure. or, you know, weren't happy with him, but I just feel like of the of the four teams that are off the buy, if you're not a Doherty owner, just the upside that we know he possesses would yep. be the one that draws to me. But other than that, it's not a you know super appealing. Um, it's not the line really. This is no, not really not the week this, to go. Not with these four teams. No, it's not the line I'd be advocating for. And again, using Doherty as the example, you've already gone against him for nine rounds anyway. Half of them have gone your way. Half of them haven't. I'd just be going all in on not having Doherty because he is the most highly owned defender. If you don't have him right now, there's no benefit for you in doing that. He's not going that Lockie Neal style, Lockie Whitfield, where it's like, man, if you don't have him, it's really hard to make up ground and and negate what that player is doing against you. I'd be just saying, if you don't have Doc now, don't worry about it. He's, He's not destroyed you over the past five weeks now. Just back that move in. I, I think there's just no defenders that I'd really, really like off the buy round. I think Hearn's the closest that I'd be tempted to, but that there's just not enough evidence for me to go make that move with confidence of having him in your final on-field side. Yeah, I agree. Again, the value's there, so it's hard sure. to get really burnt because yep. he is you know, almost about as basement as he can sort of get, and you know that he's got at least a stretch at home. I, I do think they'll have to travel again West Coast just with the way things are shaping up and who they've played and mm. just where everyone else is based. But he still will get a stretch at home. But he, he just hasn't had, you know, even the kick-ins, he takes a lot of them, but it's not that same monopoly. Yeah. And I think the way West Coast playing, um, you know, they don't have that same reliance on him out of defense. They've got a lot of guys that have improved. Liam Duggan, Brad Shepard, you know, these sort of guys, they have a lot of confidence in using the ball. So, yeah, I'd be trying to steer clear of that back line if I could. If you have to do a back line move, you're probably looking at a rookie, but I'm sure we'll touch on those we'll get um, later the, in the podcast. A little bit later on. Let's head to the midfield. There's probably two really big standout value picks, but not just um, are they value players. I think they're genuine top liners that just haven't quite had the start, or at least the last month of footy that people would owners would have liked. I'm referring to Tom Mitchell and Patrick Cripps. Both showed good signs in their last week 
before taking this round off. However, the month before that, they were both pretty quiet, and that's why they're around about 100-odd K cheaper, if not more in formats, than their original starting price. Yeah, I think, MJ, both of these guys best. We know Tom Mitchell's best. He's legitimately up there with the best we've ever seen. Yeah. Patrick Cripps, in both formats, is top is a top eight guy when he's on. Yeah. We spoke about another podcast. He went 20-odd games, averaging 115-plus in DT, albeit yeah. across the end of one season and the start of another. But this is a, that's an extended period of time with absolute monstrous scoring. Again, I think Supercoach is still clearly his preferred format. Yeah, I agree. Um, his ability to impact the game is phenomenal. And I think in that side, for Carlton, he's still is clearly that guy that can turn a game. Mm. The issue is he doesn't, there's not the same reliance as there was in the past to get him a ton of ball. Yeah. And he's still doing so much on the inside that he doesn't get those easy touches that oh, yeah. we see the likes of Lockie Neal and Jack McRae you know, able to do late in the game to turn a solid score into a, into a very good one. Yeah. Um, so again, I think for both of them, it's super coaches their preferred format where the value sort of is at its best. Yes. But again, the way Patrick Cripps is priced across all formats, off a buy, you know, that, that can't do him any anything poor. You know, he's, he takes a lot of physical contact. Mm. So to have a bit of a rest at the midway point of the season, um, and just knowing his potential and ability for a big score. Yeah. And again, he's probably one MJ that does benefit from the best 18. If you can knock out a few of those scores where he either gets tagged or he just has a quiet game. Yeah. That might cover you enough to, to you know, to be buoyed by the you know, 100 pluses that he can easily deliver um, in this year's format. Yeah, and again, you know, if we're talking about Patrick Cripps, Fremantle, West Coast and Gold Coast in the next three. And from a pricing perspective, he, he's under 500000 And so if you're a, I don't know, a, a Sam Simpson or a Marlon Pickett owner, it's around about two hundred k to make that move. And uh, certainly as someone, like you said, he's got the ceiling. It's the scoring format to kind of make that move to. And that fixture's not too bad, knowing as well he's playing every week unless injured or suspended. Yeah, and the Blues are still in the mix. So I yeah. think that's another important factor. The thing is, MJ, there's still a lot of other guys, I think, in this line and off this buy. Mm. And to be honest, there'll be people interested in all four of the West Coast midfielders. I yeah. refer to Gaff, Shuey, Kelly, and Gio. Yeah. Again, all of them, you know, in their season are pushing for top eight. Gaff, yeah. obviously, clearly in Dream Team over the years, has been a perennial top eight guy. Yep. He's on the fringes in Supercoach just with the... Um, you know, the outside nature of his game, he doesn't quite get the same, mm. um, you know, points across that format. But Tim Kelly and Luke Shuey in particular this year, we flagged it early. The way Tim Kelly started the year, his disposal was at an unsustainably low level. Yeah, given and his It's caliber. not surprising that as that started to balance out, we've started to see some really big scores. And his connection, both of their connections actually, with Nick Natanui. Yeah is incredible. And, yeah. we, and we know how important this year clearances are. Yes. And especially getting those inside 50s. And, and the way the ball's going in and the way the West Coast forwards are converting, a yeah. lot of those are becoming goal assists as well. And that's why you're seeing, you know, Luke Shuey at, at times in the game doubling his dream team with Supercoach, just such as his cleanliness with the ball and influence on convert, converting, you know, disposals to goal. So I think those four guys, 
again, someone's going to be tempted by all of them just because they're actually all pretty good value for yeah. what their ability to score is. I don't think, honestly, now format to format, dependent, I don't think you can go wrong with either of the four. If you've got a little bit more money, Gaff's probably the topper, uh, upper echelon of price. And that's because he's, up until the last four or five weeks, was flying. Like, I think he started the year in opening month in Dream Team and Fantasy, averaging over the ton, was over 120 in Supercoach. And he's gone about 80, 85, 75 in that 10-point range, depending on the format. So he's had the quieter last four to five weeks where the others have been a little bit stronger performing. But you can build a case that all of them are good trade-in targets. You know they've got that fixture at home. You know they've got one of the best ruckmen that is going to give them hit-outs to advantage opportunities in Nick, Nat, and Yui. I don't think you can really go wrong with any of those. Yeah, you have to have gas for the DT side of the game, yeah. AFL Fantasy. Um, that's where he just really thrives. And it was a bit strange the last game against Geelong. He was oddly quiet. Yeah. And it was particularly strange because he was on the ground 100% of the time. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just, it was very un like but you'd have to think, MJ, knowing his um, durability, yep. uh, being near important. impeccable, yeah, um, and the way he plays the game, he does have a massive ceiling about him. Yeah. And and he's a top eight guy in a normal season, yep. let alone I like off him. a bye. So I think you can't go too far wrong because really, he's going to be on the field for you every week. Yep. He's got a potential for a big score. And he just, he's at a good price for what he can deliver. I, I think there's, you know, in a DT format, he ticks all those boxes. Well, and again, and if you're a, an Adam Trelaw owner, he's relatively unique due to him starting later in the year, um, not because of he's not a great scorer. We've shown that. But now that hamstring bucks in the press conference that he's awaiting scans, but likely three to four rounds uh, of games. I actually don't mind that trade. It's probably not going to give you as much value for money in, in a Dream Team or AFL Fantasy format, but... A, a Trelaw over to a Gaff, I totally would get why someone would make that trade, let alone anything else. Would you Would you be interested in Gaff in a super coach format, MJ? He's had a very strange sort of scoring start to the year. He, he started the season with four consecutive tons yep. and was averaging 121. Then he ran into Ryan Clark, who did a good job keeping him to 83. Ben Keyes kept him to 67. And then his last three weeks, he's gone 90, 130 against Collingwood, and then a 66 against Geelong, all three of those games at home. So yeah. he's averaging, you know, not a super exciting 95 in his last three, but clearly there's some value there just based on that lowly score against the Cats. Yeah, well, I think you've got to put it into the price perspective too when you've got Shuey, Yo, and Cripps, just three of the names, mm-hmm. all within a, a cheaper price point than him. And I'd feel definitely with Cripps um, way more confident. Um, now, the ownership number's higher, but I feel way more confident that he's going to score higher. Now, again, you start bringing the Kellys in in the mix. Then now we're talking of adding another 50,000, 60,000 or a Mitchell, another 50,000, 60,000. But again, they're priced that there. I don't mind Gaff in Supercoach, but I just see a Patrick Cripps at under 500,000. How can I choose a cheaper Patrick Cripps over an Ant? Drew Gaff. Unless I'm already a Crips owner, I, I just don't know if I can advocate for that to be the right move. Yeah, I think that would be the scenario you'd have to be in, MJ, is that you're probably already a Crips owner. You're most likely already a Tom Mitchell owner because, albeit 60k more expensive in that format, mm. I, I have a lot of confidence that Tom Mitchell in, a, in eight games 
beats can Gaff. average one can average one twenty. Yeah, you know, whereas Gaff is really more that one ten to one fifteen type of guy, and yeah. I would just rather you know pay up that little bit more. Again, you've got a sixty six in the rolling um, scores yeah. for another two weeks, so. If you wanted to, Gap's probably not going to go too far away from well, that 500k mark. Break even of 103. Yeah, and he's got a 130, which will about to roll out after that next week. So he, while he might go up a little bit the next week, you know, depending how he plays against Hawthorne, maybe he's back around this price. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's probably a guy that you could, um, you know, wait on because I don't think he's going to get too far away from that. I don't expect him to go 150, 150 and be in that, you know, 550 type of range. Whereas yeah. obviously a Patrick Cripps and a Tom Mitchell with the way they performed, yeah. you know, their, their price could get away from you quite quickly. Um, see, I agree. I wouldn't be choosing him over that, but I think, like I said, in the dream team format, there's something in having a guy that is as durable as gas yeah. with that type of ceiling. And especially now that obviously Ryan Clark is a guy that's gone to him in the past and done a good job, but really, when Tim Kelly and Luke Shuey are up and going, even yeah. with that GWS matchup in round 13 and if Matt DeBoer was healthy, I think they'd be drawing the real hard attention. Yeah, agree. And Gaff just does his thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think there's, you know, Duncan's still value, but again, knowing there is a buyer to come. But he still yeah. certainly presents some value for you there. For it to move to the ruck line, look, honestly, here's my thoughts. If you don't have one of 3G in Goldie, Gorn, and now he's got some injury concern anyway, maybe we'll talk about that a bit later on, and Grundy, you might be okay for a week or two. We've seen that with English, Pitonet, Naismith, maybe even Draper now that he's ruck solo. So we've seen these hybrid guys or these value picks work for a week or two. But beyond that, it's just not worked out. Now, I don't mind if someone's gone down to Draper from a mid-price failed ruck and have then used that money elsewhere to top up. We, we talked about that on last week's episode. If it got you Dusty and Duncan last week, awesome, fantastic. But really, in the rucks, like Rowan Marshall's probably the closest for me, kind of anyone other than those three Gs. Like he's gone 95, 82, 82 in... AFL Fantasy and Dream Team lately, 160, 143, and 90 in Supercoach. But even then, even with some big scores, those three big boys are so, so much further ahead in my mind. Yeah, the, the one guy would be Nick Nadanui. Oh, but yeah. as we know, it's no surprise that when the game was really tight with the Cats all the way throughout, yeah. Nick Nat played a little longer. Yeah. And, and his score, and again, he's another Supercoach really exclusive sort of guy. Yeah, that's true. His super coach score was massive, but in the past, against Collingwood, for instance, mm. he played less than 60% time on ground because he won the game in the first half. Yeah. And then they shut him down. There is one other guy, MJ, in the midfield I think we do have to touch on because okay. he's a massive name. Nat Fife. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah, not? Obviously, he's off a buy. I couldn't do it. No. Again, we always say with Nat Fife, you start him, He's a very hard guy to trade in, though, because the body will go. We've seen it. At least if, at least if you start with him, you've given him the most opportunity to bank your points. Yeah. And he, and he did that again this year. Again, you're going to trade in a guy, albeit off a buy. We just know that if the body goes again, like now it's just another problem you've got to deal with. Like I'd rather – I know his scoring potential is huge, but at the same time, MJ, the four minutes have gone through the roof. Yeah. 
And when he's been gone, Brayshaw's gone to another level. Sarong. Sarong's gone to another level. Mundy's revitalized. Chera. You know, yeah. Chera's looked good. And, and Sunson has to come back into the team. They've already ruled him out for round 11, unfortunately, for those um, owners of Walters. But I don't think it's all Nat Fife anymore, MJ. Like, no. Well, it's like Carlton, isn't it? It's For so long, it's been this one guy that has held a midfield together and any yep. chance of staying in a game has been on the shoulders of their superstar getting them there. But now, through time and development, others are taking the weight. And as a byproduct, we're seeing others impact the games. And the necessity of Fife to be the guy, similar with Cripps, isn't there as much. They'll still have big banging scores. Absolutely. But it's not as essential. So, yeah, I think Fife's value. I think he's real value. But again, like we said, we've seen him now miss twice this year through an injury. Mm. I feel like you're inviting pain upon you knowing that, yeah, he'll still go down in price probably next week or two. I just couldn't do it knowing you're probably running out of trades. You might get lucky that he's healthy and or the formats award more trades as we get into a more multi-buy rounds. But to me, I just think you're inviting pain in your world. Why would you? Yeah, it's 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 a no for me. It's it's just Same. one of those things that he's a great player. If you Love think him. there's a little maybe a hamstring in there, and you can cover him for one week because yeah. you know in this format, I this type of season, I do think that if he was playing in years past, he would be right up there with Lockie Neal. Yeah, such is his influence on games. But you always have to know that you're not going to have him every week. Yeah, and and I just think over an eight week stretch with the other options we've got. Yeah. Like, it's just a no for me. But I think the forward line, MD, has a lot of value that people can get right behind. I think there is, but there's one that he hasn't had his buy yet. Definitely super coach more than anything else. If you are not a Jai Simpkin owner in super coach, even with a buy round coming, he's going to be under 400000 He will basically be at the same price he was as a starting squad member. And if in just again purely super coach, I think I think there's still value in the other formats, but purely super coach, he was averaging 119 up until the end of round six, and then a combination of injury, uh, tag in Carlton's case, and then just not really finding his feet up until the back half of last round in round ten, uh, where he started to get an impact the game from round ten onwards. I think if you're not a Simpkin owner, even if you're trading him into the midfield via a picket. I just think the value is too good not to get, even though he's so highly owned. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I don't think you can overthink this type of move. In super coach, it's yeah. just even as you said, even if it is to be in the midfield temporarily, because there's guys like you know Jake Arts that people want to milk yeah. for a bit more cash. But if you're getting a rookie off the field and you're bringing in a guy like Simpson, like you mentioned, him, hundred and just under 120 points for six weeks, six games. Yeah. And as you mentioned, it's very easy to explain away the horror last three rounds he's had. Again, Adelaide's game, he didn't show up when the points would have been won. And they didn't need him. (laughs) And North Melbourne blew it out of the park. Yeah. And again, Jai used the ball horribly. In the first six weeks, if you watched him play, he barely wasted the ball at all. And it was contested. That's why he was such a good super coach scorer. Yeah. Against Adelaide, you know, I've seen it with Luke Parker this week, poor disposal. Taylor Adams 
could have almost had a 200 if he used the ball well um, at the level he's used it throughout this year. He's down in the 30% range. Mm. And that's been a real thing that's impressed me with Adams is he's cleaned it up so much and he's yeah. become a really damaging type of player. So Simpkin, I just don't think you can overthink. Now, if you've got a completed forward line, MJ, that's where it becomes quite interesting to me. Yeah. But I still think we're talking about a guy that's 400K. If that's your M8 and you're swinging it Take around, it, man. Take I, it. I just don't think <laughs> 120 points for six games. Do I think he'll go 120 points over the last eight weeks? No. But, but he doesn't have to, does he, at that price? He doesn't price. have to at that price. If he's 100 to 105 in that format, yeah. at that value... It's insane. You know, you could eat... And this is the beautiful thing you can do, MJ. If you've got a Ford, let's just say you've got a Hugh Greenwood and they say he's got to buy around 15. Exactly, right. It's very easy to trade Greenwood, swing Simpkin into the Ford line... And go and get... Have it ha- get your midfielder field. that you want. So yeah. I just think when there's value like this, and we saw it with Tom Stewart last week in defence, you almost have to make room for them. Like for me, in my team, I moved on Sicily. I already had Luke Ryan and Sam Doherty in defense. Yeah. Didn't work out the way I wanted. I would have loved a Tom Stewart, you know, 100-plus score in Supercoach. Sure. But I thought if I'm making 150, 160 grand Off. to bring in Stewart, I thought he was that good of value. And I think Jai Simpkin you just have is, in, is in the exact same boat because I don't think the player you trade him to, if it's a premium is going to be much better than what Simpkin is. Yeah. And you're probably making a fair bit of cash too. Yeah, and look, to say someone's a have-to is dangerous. No one's a have-to, but it's that there is so much value there in Supercoach. I don't think it's as as, as close to a have-to in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy. It's still a good option, still relatively cheap in contrast, but he hasn't had a ton all year in that format. He's had a couple of 90s. I think it's like three 90s and a couple of 80s, but... He's more an impact player than a high, high, high volume possession midfielder. He's not your 30 possession midfield, Neil, Trelaw, McRae type. He's your impact midfielder. And so I think in Dream Team and Supercoach, if you don't have him, in sorry, Dream Team and Fantasy, and you don't have him, he's still got some value. But in Supercoach, man, if you don't, just make that trade. In, the, in other forwards, who else do you like the look of? Again, if we want to focus just on guys coming off the bye, are there any forwards from Carlton? <clears throat> Sorry, I had to laugh at that. Um, Fremantle, Hawthorne, or West Coast that you're like, these are the guys to go and get? Well, to be fair to him, Jack Martin is actually having a very yeah. good season across the format. So yeah, that's true. All right, I take it back. There'd be a lot of draft coaches that would be very um, happy with his output. True. I think the one that a lot of coaches would be interested in because of the best 18 to come is Chad Wingard. Yep. Like, his volatility is quite extraordinary. Like he's, he's already got four scores above 100 in Supercoach. Mm. Two of them are already 130 plus. Yeah. And and you and again, he's got a 34 in there, a 60, a couple 70s. So if you if you get this right, you can maybe wear one of those poor scores in a best 18 round, and the upside is. Extraordinary. The thing I don't like as much is those big scores yeah. were coming when he was Mids. mainly a midfielder. Yeah. And I think now we've seen that that midfield's really gone back to Mitchell, Warple, O'Meara, and then Shield. Shield. He, he gets a he gets a couple of opportunities in there. Yeah. But really, his scoring is quite contingent on on goals. Like yeah. That's the that's the really tricky part and. Um, and the other good thing is he does keep kicking them, but those all those three big scores, he kicked three plus. Yeah. So 
it's one of those ones that, you know, it's a bit tricky. Brayshaw would clearly be the one, MJ, that on form, you know, it seems like he'd be a top six in both lines. Mm. Like he's done in both uh, formats, I should say. But can you do but, it now at that's the a hard peak thing. price as opposed to the value, knowing, you know, we talk about Doherty, you know, 15 minutes ago about, you know, Doherty hasn't hurt you if you've gone against him in so much. That was the past four or five weeks. Brayshaw's had a really good month, struggled at the start. Do you just keep backing yourself in at this point without him and go and get that uniquely owned guys and, and kind of go, well, yeah, maybe I'll just keep going against the grain and if he, if Brayshaw has a bad one or something happens, yeah, then luck goes my I, I way. Think so, I think so, MJ. I, I couldn't be trading in Brayshaw if I didn't have Cripps, if I didn't yeah. have Tom Mitchell. Yeah. At the value you're paying for with Brayshaw, and this yeah. is the thing, now we're just seeing Fife come back. Yes. And and we know that the bulk Walters of well. his scoring has been sensational. And he's reeled off five Supercoach tons in a row. Yeah, he's been brilliant. He's been absolutely incredible. But what's that mix? Like you said, when it's the full complement again, Yeah. and we've got to throw Sarong into that mix. Yes, he's been excellent. Like, what do we actually think Brayshaw does on the run home and that's the really hard part where he's priced at now is how well his last month has been yeah. his last month's been you know absolutely unbelievable but yeah I would struggle to to fork out that type of cash when I haven't seen the full complement of midfield um, go together you're right and that's across all the formats like you're in dream team using Andrew Brayshaw I know it's a different line but using the illustration it's 20,000 more in Dream Team to get Tom Mitchell over an Andrew Brayshaw. 20,000. It is 60,000 less to get Patrick Cripps into your super coach side than it is to go and get an Andrew Brayshaw. So again, I know they're not the same positions. Even you know, Simkin, crazy value, even with a buy round at some stage going to come. He's been awesome, and if you've got him, brilliant. And a lot of coaches do, and understandably so, but I just don't think if you don't have him, you just keep backing yourself in. You're halfway through the year. You've copped the pain of the last month. There'll probably be another week with no Sonny Walters that he gets a lot more midfield time. But then it is going to be interesting when they get that full team back in. Fife, Walters, Sarong, Brayshaw, Mundy, Chera. Even Darcy Tucker's rolled through there pretty nicely. How they balance that, there won't be as much points around, I don't think. Yeah, that's the the one fortunate thing is that Tucker is out for the year. Yeah. they, we won't actually see the full, full compliment. Yeah. Um, I think if you're a bracer owner, you're absolutely ecstatic. Yes. But I think, yeah, you, I don't think people will be trading him in because, as we said, the value is not there anymore. You're really getting what you're paying for what he's done in the past few weeks. Yeah. And as I said, with, with factors coming in that we haven't seen, like Fife's played two games with yeah. Brayshaw in that midfield role. One of them, he played the first half as a mid, and then mm. he went to sit in the Ford, the Ford pocket against the Saints, and they got the job done, and Brayshaw was a massive driving force in that. The other one we've seen him play was on the weekend yeah. when they pulled off one of the greatest wins um, you know, this season, knocking off Collingwood. Yeah. And they all sort of scored you yeah. know, as a unit, and they, and they smashed Collingwood. They, plus 36 contested possessions, plus 15 clearances. Like Collingwood, that's their strength with yeah. that midfield and Grundy. So I think that was a phenomenal effort. Again, I was like, I agree, MJ. Even this is where I would work against the buy. If I can save 130k and bring in Simpkin, do it. I, I'll do that, and I'll 
Look, I worry about in the future managing. And again, like, we don't know who they're paired with, but outside of Goldstein, yeah. what other North player do you have? Well, you, you don't. Um, unless maybe a Hosey if you're looking for a, a cash cow to bring. Honestly, if you're looking for a forward, again, knowing there's... If you've got Simpkin... Um, and you're looking for a forward, like the most, one of the most informed forwards at the moment is Dustin Martin. He's like 30, 50, 60,000 cheaper, depending on the formats, than Brayshaw. And he's coming off a 90 and a 100 in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy, while in a super coach, look, he just pumped out a, a 184 a, a couple yeah. of weeks back as well, and another ton. This, like, I just, this is what he does, MJ. Let's be honest. He's a type of guy, and it was the same last year. He started slowly. He obviously Built got that the DeBoer tag, and then he got a suspension. Yeah. And then guess what started to happen? He started building into the season. Tigers do it every and year. He was, and he was almost a must-have. So we've got form that this is when Dusty really hits his straps. And we spoke about it on the podcast last week. It was a real sliding doors moment for a lot of coaches on a lot of players. Dusty was one of them. Yeah. Neil was one of them because that price was not going to hang yeah, at that threshold for very long, and now it's getting to the point where even a Dusty's getting away from you. Yeah, if you wait another week, especially with that, like you said in Supercoach, that absolute monster one eighty plus score affecting his price. Again, you get to the point again where he's up at six hundred k, and you've probably got to go another direction because you're just banking on a loss. Yeah, well, one eleven last week against Brisbane, one eighty six. Then coming up against. Port Adelaide. And look, Port Adelaide have been restrictive, certainly, to teams. But, Absolutely. Um, uh, who stops Dusty? Like, that's always yeah. been the problem over the past couple of years, isn't it? When Dusty decides, you know, I'm going to take this game. Yeah. Good luck And he's to kicking you. MJ. That's what separates him in that Supercoach format is that his impact, score involvement. He's, he's, he's as selfless a superstar as I've ever seen. Yeah. His, his ability to share the ball. How many times have you been a Dusty owner? And he's going into an open goal and he handballs it off to a guy to kick his first goal. Like, he's just that type of guy that he makes everyone else better. Um, And that's where clearly he gets, you know, maximum reward in that format. MJ, I think the the one guy we've alluded to that we really have to discuss, because I think this is another sliding doors type of moment where if you don't make a move this week, Mm. you're probably going to have to suck it up unless it becomes a long-term injury as Max Gorn. Yeah, nice. I think especially... In the Supercoach format, the value he is currently at, yeah, we're talking we're talking seven hundred and twenty thousand he'll crazy. be after this week. He's going to drop around fifty grand um, from after the weekend's game against the Crows. Yeah, again, he's got two scores now: one in the eighties mm. and one in the low hundreds. If you wait one more week, you know he's going to be around the six hundred mark. And the reason I bring this up is that, you know. Earlier in the week, Sam Edmund had a report that Max Gorn went in for a scan and was in some doubt. Yes. Gorn came out and said, I'll be fine. You know, the, the reason I was getting the scan so long is because the machine wasn't working. <laughs> and I think a lot of the community thought, you know, this is, this is just sort of just made up. It's, you know, no real big deal. Funnily enough, once the game's over, Simon Goodwin's saying that it's a shoulder tear and he's acknowledging it's a shoulder tear. Yeah. And we'd, and we'd like some protection from the umpires. And I just think if we're going into a condensed fixture block. <laughs> Currently, this guy is still incredible value. Yes. Like, what you can do with that, and again, depends how risk-adverse you are. Yep. But if, you, you know, if you've got a Grundy, a Darcy Cameron, and you've got Sam Draper, you could easily move Darcy Cameron into the ruck line yep. 
play Draper and, and Grundy. And obviously, Darcy Cameron's great cover if anything happens to Grundy for a week. Yeah. And you're redistributing. You're making 320k, MJ, going gone to Jai Simpkin. Yeah, wow. Like, and, the, and the reason I say this is that at the price he's currently at, mm. it still holds enormous value. You wait another week or two, and he goes at a low hundred again, which is fine. It's yeah. not a. It's not going to kill your team. No. So we're talking about a year where cash is tricky. You know, people are trading rookies and making 60 and to 80 grand. that's a good move, yeah. And thinking that's a good move. You can make 140K and go to Todd Goldstein. Yeah. If you want to, and you mentioned him earlier, if you want to be really crazy and go to a Rowan Marshall, if you want to go absolutely mental, you can go to Oscar McInerney. Yeah. You know, and, and, and ride that sort of step ladder. I just feel like the value that Gorn has after his incredible start to the season is gigantic. And it still is for another week. After that, he starts getting to a point where you just back him in because it's not worth the trade, not because he might not be scoring huge, but you're value. really going to spend a trade to get, you know, like for like value. At least if you move him this week, you create some value to play with. You, well, can, that's right. you can restructure. And I feel like, you know, Gorn was sensational, absolutely ridiculous across all formats yeah it was it's phenomenal i would argue that in itself was unsustainable yes like that level of scoring was absolutely unsustainable now we've got unsustainable scoring paired with a genuine injury to a shoulder and if you've watched gone this year and this is what in my mind is the most alarming thing his marking has gone to an absolute phenomenal level yeah Every time Melbourne kick out from fullback, they go down the line to Max Gorn. And more often than not this year, he's taken these absolutely colossal contested marks. Yeah. So I just think if you're... And it won't suit all teams, MJ. Because no. like we say, if you're doing a move like this, I want to see premiums coming in. I don't want you to be moving um, Gorn to someone like, let's say, Goldstein. Yeah, without and using do, that cash. And, and then doing two downgrades. No. It's got to be gone to a Goldie, you know, and they play in the same game, so you'll know what you're doing. And, and both are going to drop a little bit this week. Gorn, you know, according to Bryce Mitchell, again, shout out to him, follow him on Twitter, uh, especially for super coaches. His break even was already over 200 this week current. It's going to be around about that 250 marker. So he's yeah. only going to be over 700,000 for one more week. He and could and drop Goldie, as low as 600. Goldie's basement, MJ. Yeah. Goldie had a poor... He's, this is Goldie in Supercoach, which is just... Ridiculous. Before this week, his lowest score was a 69 in round eight. Yeah. He scored a low 100 against Geelong. Yeah. That, that's, his own, that's his second worst score. For the year. He's, he's, he's got nine out of ten tons. Yeah, he's huge. And you'll make a hundred and something grand. Yeah. So the only reason you're doing it is because you go, I'm going gone to Goldie if you're not going to one of those other value options. And I'm turning Pickett into Crips. I'm turning yeah, rank exactly into and you're a thinking that he you're thinking and, and to be fair MJ, before you know before that round he's going at it we, after the round even he's going at 125 yeah which is fine and, and his value for that at one point after round five he was 696 grand Todd Goldstein he's now going to be in around the 580 mark yeah so we're talking about a guy that doesn't have any injury concerns he's yep. rock solid you know durability wise he's got no competition nope if I, I'm making the move thinking, I'm not giving up any points in that straight swap with Goldie and Gorn. That's mm. just how I'd be looking at it. I'm, I'm banking on his body, 
you know, gone struggling. Clearly, there's a buy factor in there as well that you'll have to consider. Yep. But at the same time, if I can use that cash, yep. And I think, okay, I've got five to ten points just having Goldie instead of Gorn, which I know is a massive call, and a lot of people disagree with that mm. and think that Gorn will continue to outscore him by 20 points. Sure. And maybe he will. And that's obviously the huge risk with this thing. Yeah. But as you mentioned, if that gets me a ticket to a crypt, yeah. uh, that's the type of stuff. And if you've got some cash in bank, you could be doing a Tom Mitchell in as well. Like This thing can facilitate you know, multiple moves. Yeah. And hey, if, if Gorn needs one rest, and people are wanting to trade him in two weeks when he needs that rest. You'll get him cheap. And also, you've lost all the value. Yeah. So now, now you're trading an asset at 600K. Not at seven, yeah. And not at 720. So, again, it won't suit every team. Nope. And obviously, there'll be some things that will come out, I'm sure, before that game gets played that might cha- may change this thinking. Yep. But if people are happy to do a 60K Sam Sturt to a, you know, Harry Schomburg. Yeah. It, you know, is this, the type of, you know, even Butterick. And I look at Butterick and I think, yeah, his scoring's you know, not, not sensational. But his job security is as impeccable as you can get. Yeah. So you're, you're happy to make 100K, you know, going Butterick to Toby Watson. Mm-hmm. But you're not happy to do, you know, uh, Max Gorn to Todd Goldstein. Like, I feel like it's these type of moves this year. That get you there. And the good thing about doing that, as opposed to the other one, is you could trade a Butterick to a rookie then in a week's time isn't playing. Yeah. I know Butterick's playing. Yeah, he's best 18. And I, no know that, and I know that Goldie's playing. Yep. So again, it won't be for everyone, but I think there'll be some coaches out there that look at this and go, that's my trade. This is my chance. And and we'll, we haven't seen Draper play this round, MJ. No. And that's the one that, if that's for someone who really wants to take a risk. Well, that's if right. You want to, if you want to take a massive swing and you want to move a Draper to be your R2, on the field with the expectation that, and this is the, this is the funny thing though, MJ. Mm. If you're a Draper owner, all you're asking for him is that he plays round 12, yep. 13. Yep. If he plays those two rounds, you probably don't care because after that, you've got three buy rounds to contend with. Yep. By that point of the season, who knows what we're working with in the last two rounds. It's all if just that, guesswork. If, 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 if he's scoring in the 70s, which we know that these Ruckman can do in this scoring format, yeah, that might be the type of move that gives you a massive restructure and, and lets you complete nearly every other line outside of your ruck. Well, that's right. And again, you've got to maximize that cash. Don't let it sit and stash on no, the bench. You can't be, you've it can't got be to, sitting. You've got to use this cash that week in game. Otherwise, there's, there's just no point to be able to do it. The time to stash at the bank was probably two weeks ago. Entering yep. into these buy rounds where it was like, okay, now I'm going to get aggressive. Now I'm going to move. Now I know that that point in time, it didn't look like we knew what the rookies coming in would or wouldn't be. Um, and even then, even though we've got a plethora of them right now, the security of most is uncertain. I want to talk about them in a second, but we just don't know. So, yeah, if you're doing a move down, are they gone to anyone? You must maximize the cash in this upcoming round. Otherwise, you're just wasting it. Yeah, and that's, that's it, MJ. And again, I'll say it again, it's not for everyone. Nope. But there will be some coaches that think, you know, I'm languishing in the 20,000s. I've got to do something to spark the team. Yeah. I've got to take a chance. Yeah. And, and obviously, that is a massive swing. It's a massive restructure to your team. Of course. But at the same time, it's not a bad time to be shopping, like we mentioned. We just went through all the guys There's that are incredible plenty. value. 
incredible value. So, again, I wouldn't be super scared by it either because the best 18 will cover a lot of it. And the other thing I want to mention is I don't want people to be scared because they brought in a Tom Stewart this week and and they didn't get a premium return. Because most more times than not, when you do that upgrade, you will get a reward of points. Yep. I know this week a lot of coaches didn't get that reward. You know, they might have traded an Isaac Rankin mm. and to get a Tom Stewart in with some DPP. Yep. And they feel let down because they didn't get a return. Sure. I don't want you to just keep thinking, I'm just going to keep, you know, having 500K in the bank. Again, I haven't seen a rookie as good as Shaw and, and Schoenberg were. Yeah. And obviously, Wicks has got a buy. I haven't seen a rookie that's good enough in my mind mm. that I have to divert from doing an upgrade. If I can. Yeah, I agree. There's only one other player before I talk about cash cows because that I want to make to throw out as a as a as a thought for coaches to consider. Super coach only would I advocate for this, by the way. Connor Rosie. He'll be under three hundred thousand again this week. Under three hundred thousand, remembering in round one and round two, he scored a one twenty five and a one forty five. Again, purely in Supercoach, it's less than $100,000 to upgrade Sturt, who we know is missing for a couple more weeks, to Rosie. You're going to make money from Pickett to Connor Rosie. Even an Isaac Rankin, pretty much a sideways move. The only reason I like it is twofold. And again, I know he's got a buy coming up. In these best 18 weeks... You want guys, certainly with some ceiling about them. Rosie as a forward is as good as many. What he's costing you is, let's be honest, bench coverage is what he really is for the rest of the year. So if he gets a 40, 50, 60, he's had three scores between 30 and 39 in Supercoach this year. So I know he's given you some stinkers. But at under 300,000, you're just getting insurance on the bench at worst. While at best, where we know we have four more weeks of best 18, you're giving yourself a chance a guy could pop huge. What do you think? I think it's very team-specific again, MJ. Uh, I'd be, it's one of those guys that I'd... The scenario I'd love to bring him in at, yep. and this is where it's tricky because you're right, the basement price is probably now. Yeah. Even, even hovering in the 60s, he's, he's going to start going up again. Yeah. So at 282... Like, that is, like, as I said, people brought him in, and this is what I know really hurts a lot of coaches, yeah. but people brought him in at 471 Yeah. after he went that 125-145. In hindsight now, you look at those two games. It was, an off goal, it was an off-goal coast team. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, a, and, a, and obviously the Crows, we know the situation they're in right now. Yeah. I'm just trying to, you know, envisage a scenario where I feel that that's, you know, something that would sort of help me. What I'd love is that, you know, Rosie has like a round 14 buy. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm trading a player who's got a buy to a Connor Rosie. And all I'm asking him for is four weeks. And in that time, I hope that he pops. Yeah. Because he has his skill set. And it's and that's why he went big in one and two. Yeah. In Supercoach, he can kick five. Like he's that type of guy that can kick five, contested marks, be clean, mm. um, there's you know there's word of a bit of a foot injury that he's sort of carrying which is a bit a bit tricky but MJ you're right he's dynamic enough and we've seen it with you know the big forwards in the past Tom Lynch around this time last year was a similar price and people said oh, why would you bother yeah but 
when you've got that type of ceiling, and we keep saying you've got four rounds where you're covered with best 18. Yep. Clearly one of those four, Rosie won't be available because he'll have his bye. But really, like you said, if that's going to give you cover for the rest of the year, I just think maybe a week or two once we have some clarity on when his buy is yeah. might be the best type of move. But yeah, he's the type of guy that if he's my cover or I can loophole him in the last three, four rounds of the season, yeah. like, again, you don't score 120s and 140s if you're not a really good player. I think so. I think so. That is for sure. Um, let's talk about cash cows before we wrap up this episode. And again, every format is going to have a different priority. If you don't have a, a, an assistant coach uh, package, uh, certainly encourage you to get them. They're great resources, especially for our friends over at Sportstick. Uh, if ever thought, now's definitely a great time to get that resource if you're one of those coaches there. Of course, all of them, though, provide value for coaches. However, at coachespanel.tv, Saturday afternoon before the games get underway, we'll give you all the negative break-evens for you to go and have a look and help you out through your side. But depending on the format you're in, different players probably have some relative value for you. I, I suppose one of the players that I'm I'm alluding to there um, is Wicks from the Sydney Swans. If you're yep. uh, a AFL fantasy player, he's going to be around about that 200000 price point. He's going to be value as a potential trade target. You might have done it with Watson last week as well. Where in AFL fantasy, if they play the week before their buy, you get their average scores for the year. In Wicks's case, that's a 55. In AFL yeah, fantasy... Good. Just bank, 70 the, in the old. bank it. Like, bank the 55. Stop going, oh, is Simpson going to get me there this week or is he not? Bill McInerney, uh, you know, imagine if you had close on the foot in the midfield mm. this week. Bank those points. That's why people traded in Watson last week because it looks like he's got relative okay scoring security as well in there, but you bank the points when you can get them when it's around the mark of what you're going to get. In Dream Team and Supercoach, you don't need him. Because you've got a chance to get him in two weeks' time if he's even named. <laughs> okay, let's remember the amount of injuries it is. But I was talking to some of our Patreons earlier today about which cash cows are the right ones to prioritize. I think there's a number of factors always when you look at cash cows. Certainly scoring, security in a side, but also how did they even get into the team in the first place? Like you look at someone like a Wix. How did he get into the side? Well, half their list is injured at the Swans. Like, they've upgraded him. So, yeah, he played all right, but how did he get in? Was he probably going to play outside of the condensed fixture and so much injury? Look, maybe probably not. Um, Whereas, conversely, like a Hosey, Lockie Hosey, why is he in the side? Curtis Taylor's out injured for a couple of weeks. So he's got a limited fixture of games you'd likely suspect before he might get worked out of the side. That one of the few teams we might be able to have some confidence with our cash cows is maybe the Crows. Is is they get have to get games into these kids. That they are so far off the pace in so many levels. They just need games into Schonberg. They need games into Scholl and with Hamill out with a concussion mid game. I don't see how they play him this week. Scholl holds that spot, even with McPherson and Brody Smith coming back in. So I don't know who for you, and again, every format's different, and every team's different too. They might not need a, a cash cow downgrade in the back line or forward line. Who are the cows we should be targeting this week? MJ, the one I want to touch on as well, quickly before we move off AS specifically, is we haven't seen O'Halloran play for the Giants True. either. So we can have a little watch on him. Um, you know, Really, 
good runner in the junior levels. And um, we know that the Giants are so deep that he's had to buy his time. Mm. It seems like to me with, you know, Green and DeBoer out that he's probably, you know, this is probably his chance unless he absolutely lights the world on fire. And clearly if he does, everyone in AF will be all over, mm. take whatever score he gets. Um, Wicks was impressive, MJ. The tackling, mm. the contested was ball, and he was pretty clean. You know, he kicked a goal, nine disposals, so... Um, not massive numbers, but he actually had a you know needful level has shown good ball winning abilities. I think yeah, obviously you're waiting. You're waiting in you're waiting in detail. You're waiting in Supercoach. You want to see you know what unfolds because again we're about to go into another lot of buys once he's had his buy soon mm. enough. You don't want to be you know, having a guy that's not going to be around. Um, clearly off his buy, Toby Watson is a guy that a lot of people will be looking at. Yeah, nice to know. You know, that a rookie won't have to miss again and he potentially could be available. Again, I was impressed. His second game, he was good. I thought he stepped up a lot from his first, which is, you know, a thing that obviously a lot of the coaches want to, you know, see how did you how did you learn, how did you improve? And he did a really good job, I thought. And obviously, like you mentioned, it was a phenomenal win mm. by the Dockers. But there's a lot of guys sort of on the fringes of that side, whether it's, you know, fitness in Stephen Hill They've obviously been decimated in their key posts, and, and yeah. Toby's a bit of a sort of a hybrid tall defender who's you know pretty athletic. So, um, how many weeks do you think you get him for? The good yeah. thing is he's you know in, in super coach he's about 155k with a 73. Yeah. Um, so you know, albeit 30 odd k more than Shoal, but you'd think that in the short term, you know, his ability to make 100k might be a bit more mm. than Shoal just with that, you know those tall defenders, they take a couple intercept marks and yeah. a couple spoils. They can get themselves to 50. Yep. Um, but it is a competitive side, you know, down there in Freo. They've got a lot of guys that, you know, we saw how long Blakely had to wait for his opportunity. <laughs> yeah, and, and Longmuir was, you know, really impressed. So I don't think job security is massive for Toby. I agree what you said on Shoal. I think even with Brody Smith coming back into the team and McPherson, I thought, you know, obviously – he barely got the ball after halftime. You know, yeah. he, he was very quiet after halftime, but showing what he showed in the first quarter, like that impressed a lot of coaches. And I think especially with the way Adelaide's going, the most important thing now is, is selling hope. Yes. Selling that there is some guys on this list who have the ability to play well at AFL level, not just, you know, be a number, but actually you know, he flashed. He mm. flashed potential, his ball use, you know, just his willingness to you know, to have a go, which mm. unfortunately for a few of the crows who are out of the team now, they, they didn't show that in that opportunity. Schoenberg's interesting because obviously, you know, Sloan's nearing a return. Brad Crouch is miles away. Um, but I thought he equipped himself, you know, pretty well. Mm. The interesting part as well, I think that helps Scholl in this example is with Scholl and Hamill, they had no problem moving Laird out of his all-Australian position into the on-ball position you know, to give Scholl and Hamill that responsibility mm. um, in defence where they're better suited and, and say to them, you know, the established player in Laird, you know, you're the one who's going to have to try to find a new, a new role. role. Yeah. So I do think that um, those guys, and I'd have to give it to Scholl over Schoenberg, albeit yeah, I like the scoring potential of Schoenberg, but he got a lot of the ball um, in the second half and it just seems like to me that they want to show at the end of the season with Rory back in there, with Brad back in there. Mm. Um, I think Keyes has been you know, one of the recruits of the year, especially for what the Crows pay for him. He's, he's really impressed me both offensively and defensively. Mm. I think he's been a fine. So yeah. 
I don't think it's as simple as Schomburg plays out the rest of the season. Um, it's really tricky with Hamill, MJ. Two concussions, you know, and, and obviously the, when he got concussed, he was on, you know, less than five points. So it's, it gets really tricky to want to trade him out. Yeah. You know, do you, do, you, do you try to pair him with a shoal and hope that at least one of them plays every week? Again, D7 and D8, it's a bit of a precarious position, but I mm. just feel like with where Hamill's at, it doesn't really, you know, interest me in moving him on. And, and the thing as well is a lot of people probably have Trent Rivers too. So yeah. now all of a sudden, if you want Shoal, you're probably moving a Rivers back to the midfield. And all of a sudden, your lines start feeling a little bit shaky. Yeah. Um, but if I, of, the, of the guys we've talked about so far, I feel like, you know, Shoal's the guy that he showed me enough just on the eye test. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely let him off that he didn't get much in the second half, but you know, barely any crows were there in the fourth quarter. So I can forgive mm. a first game player. Uh, and MJ, just showing the potential that he can score 40 plus super coach points and 25 plus DT in a quarter. Yeah. Like that's enough for me to think that if he puts it together for a little bit more, you know, there's a 60 plus score there. Um, Hosey, you know, the Ben Brown injury would have to help yeah. you know, him in the short term. Curtis Taylor's still a while away, but again, are you really feeling, you know, super confident that he's there to help you in the latter part of the season when you might need the coverage? And as we keep mentioning, there's a lot of teams that are carrying Deadwood, yep. Kavara, Sturt. Butler. These guys, and, and now Darcy Cameron, if people swung him into the forward line true. to open up the, the Draper thing, the, the mobility for Draper in R3, now people aren't feeling super confident with their coverage, which is fine in a best 18 scenario, Absolutely. especially when it's, you know, teams that, aren't super popular like you know yeah. the giants and the swans aren't really going to ruin you but we go back to best 22 and your and your forward bench is kavara sturt darcy cameron yeah it's big all of a sudden you've got to start making moves just to field 22 again and that's why i mentioned earlier i feel a lot more confident trading going to a uh, goldstein and making that cash yeah. than i do a butterick for one of these guys because at least i know Butterick's going to be there and, and mm. close as well. We, we were hesitant on close. We love the price and we love the DPP, but he's not a guy that I think would be there for the long haul. Again, the condensed fixture will help him, mm. but Endo, there's not many guys this week that I think you have to go and get. We've already heard from Ken that Woodcock will play. Yep. Um, again, are you trading in a guy that in two weeks' time isn't going to be there for you? That's something that's that's really tricky. So I don't think there's anyone you really have to work a trade around and mm. say they've got to come in for me. If I had to put it in an order, I like Shoal in defense. Yep. Albeit it's probably a line we don't want to be trading our cash cows to. So no. maybe an egg Lamise, maybe an egg if you've got yep, him. I think an egg or a hammer. You know, maybe people have a Dan Houston they can swing yeah. into the midfield and maybe, you know, you start moving on the Simpsons, the pickets. Yeah. Um the Bennells, these yeah. type of guys, even a McHenry MJ, like at the price tag he is at, it's like Butterick. I, I don't want to move him worth. on and make 80K because McHenry's playing in that team. He had yeah. a little rest after, you know, a Rib bit injury. of a knock, but he's going to be there. So I'd, I'd rather people get creative and cash out a Sicily or, or a Gorn mm. and throw caution to the wind and just hope that the player they bring in can at least get close enough to that player they traded out yeah. and use the cash that way because I'm just seeing a lot of people bringing in guys that in three weeks' time, we've got no one on the bench. Mm. So I think it's a really tricky time, but it would probably have to be Shoal, 
Schonberg, just because Adelaide, you know, might think it's important just to get games into him. Yep. And then probably Watson um, would have to be up there as well, albeit a slightly higher price tag. All right. There you go. I like some of your thoughts, man. And hopefully that's going to help you as we enter into round 11. Uh, maybe you're watching this and it's already getting underway. And that's okay. It's condensed fixture. It is the festival of footy. And we are all navigating our way through it. Hopefully some of the thoughts and reflections uh, you've heard on this episode have been able to help you with your fantasy footy side. Kane, appreciate your thoughts as always, mate. No worries, MJ. Thank you. We're going to keep dropping articles right during the round and podcasts as well at coachespanel.tv. A thank you to our Patreons for your ongoing support. There's plenty of conversations we'd love to have with you. If you want to join that Patreon army, you can jump in at coachespanel.tv. Good luck. I hope round 10 has been kind to you thus far and that round 11 is even nicer. Yet again, best 18 in Dream Team and Supercoach while AFL Fantasy 22 players, and you're awarded the average of the teams off the bye and on that bye week. How's it going to go for you? Is your ranking going to be better at the end of round 11 than it was entering in? We'll chat to you about that very, very soon.